Hello there. This is the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast, and my name is Mimi White. I am especially glad to welcome you to this episode about fatherhood. Wait, a podcast on kids' social emotional learning with an episode about fatherhood? Yes. Remember, the intention of this podcast is to continually expand our horizons and perspectives on all the factors that shape our students and our kids' social-emotional learning and their life skills development. Fathers definitely qualify as shapers and influences in kids' lives. You'd agree with that, right? Today's guest is Jordan Shapiro, Ph.D., who is kind of a big deal since he's globally respected as an American thought leader. And uh, just go to the show's notes, and I've included uh, a link to his website so you can see, get a a really good picture of all of his wide range accomplishments. It's, It's really an honor to have him here and share conversation with him today. He is uh, internationally respected uh, for his perspective because it combines research in psychology, in philosophy, and economics in ways that make so much sense when he explains them. So in this episode, Jordan and I discuss his most recent book, Father Figure, How to Be a Feminist Dad. And if that book title doesn't quite grab you, well, I'm with you. But please stick with me now, because the book is an honest, vulnerable, highly readable, heart and mind-expanding look at dad's psychology, which challenges our old, familiar assumptions about traditional parenting roles for everyone's benefits. Everyone's. More than you might imagine, and definitely more than I could have imagined. Jordan um, is a father himself and also a stepfather, And he shares attitudes, insights, and mindsets for successfully growing in the real joys of fathering while guiding today's men toward an enriched perspective on manliness for today's world and a healthier future for all. This is an episode that I especially enjoyed, and I really trust that you will too. I'd love to hear your uh, reactions when you get a chance. Okay. Thank you for being here. Welcome, Jordan Shapiro. This is this is an exciting conversation I'm looking forward to. Thank you for finding the time to talk with me. I'm looking forward to it, too. Thanks for uh, inviting me to, 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 to this. This is exciting. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I saw what you were writing about, it was like, oh, do I know some men I would like to share this book with? But... I hate to say it, they're the exact men that wouldn't read it. Uh, that's oh, a no. Terrible, that's a terrible way to start this conversation, but <laughs> what do you think about that? Um, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I fully acknowledge that there, there are some out, men out there who wouldn't read it, but I think, you know, the book was, was really born um, out of, um, an observation that many of the men that I, that are, that are, that are in my life, many of the men that I talk to, many of the men I talk to while promoting the new childhood um, are really uh, in a, in a confused place where they want to be good men. Um, yeah. And we can talk about what that means as we move on with the conversation, um, but they really don't have any model for it. That mo- most of what we have out there is, is, is problematic and that even uh, problematic from a feminist standpoint and, and even, um, even those who really want to do it, they, they just don't really understand. I met so many men over the last few years um, who, who would, you know, maybe they'd read one of these masculinity books about how to like find your core inner manliness <laughs> or, you know, obviously I'm saying that with a lot of uh, disdain. Yeah. So, you know, I don't take them seriously, yeah. but, but I think they read those books and those books did have something that resonated with them, which was this idea of core authenticity, this idea of, of being an integrity, this idea of being, um, uh, of being, of being confident and true to yourself. Um, and I think a lot of them read these books that framed that within a, problematic model of what manhood is and they came back and they told people feeling good about themselves and they got um 
um, critic, you know, the, the women in their lives would go, that's misogynist. And they didn't understand why. So I really wanted to help solve that. So I would hope that may, the men you're talking uh, to, um, that, that may, maybe what they really, all they need is, is an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to understand better where, where the, where the current cultural ethos is around gender and, uh, um, and, and, and questions of inclusivity. You know, I love, I love your, that big picture explanation and response. And I also love your big picture thinking uh, altogether. I, I really, really appreciate it and respect it. I think it's, these are the days for that. The world is, um, it requires that at this point. We can't be stuck in our little niches anymore, uh, even gender wise, you know, that it's just too small for a, who we are and what we're becoming as human beings that can take in bigger realities, deeper, wider, more expansive. So I was thinking when you were saying that, that your book is, even if men, and I'm thinking of these stubborn men still, I'm sorry, even though your explanation was very good, that they might not read it, but to read it as a woman who has to be around or live with or be related to those kinds of men that are so stuck in that authoritative patriarchal uh, construct that it really helps us women to see where they're living. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I mean, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um, mm. um, um, yeah, I do. I mean, I do think. I think you're getting to something that was really um, apparent to me. You know, um, which is that most of the popular rhetoric around feminism or patriarchy or misogyny or all these words that we hear so much uh, these days mm -hmm. um, is is absolutely from the perspective of women um, and 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 that's that's great you know I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that perspective but I, I think what what for a lot of men it doesn't resonate with their experience mm -hmm. right I, you know so so um, um, you know, women's experience of patriarchy, uh, from what I've been told, obviously, I, I, I can't, I can't speak from experience. Um, but from what I've been told is an experience uh, of, of, you know, to put it in, in its sort of most basic ter general terms is a feeling of, of, of feeling subjugated. Um, um, and I don't, you know, and I think that what many people imagine is that men's experience of patriarchy is a feeling of, of, of of being uh, the oppressor right and that is not the experience most men have you know most men i think are are experiencing a lot of um of insecurity a lot of inferiority a a a, a sense of wait, why why am i not the alpha that everyone tells i'm uh, me i'm supposed to be mm -hmm. um um and 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 so that that's another reason i i, I wrote the book is i really wanted to 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 sort of say how do we understand this in a way that men can um, digest it, right? Um, in a way that, 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 that it, it better describes their experience so that they can make better better choices. You know, a lot of the ideas in the book are, are obviously not mine, right? I, I, I'm not like the, the, the great man who wrote the great feminist book. That would be terrible, right? <laughs> that make me just as bad as what I'm talking about. I mean, and, and, and when you read the book, as, as you have, you, you, you know, so much of it is based on writers like Bell Hooks and Judith Butler and, and Lou Sarigarai and, uh, and, and, and all of these brilliant feminist women. Not even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, all, all these yeah. brilliant people that came before me, and I'm just trying yeah. to sort of package that in a way that can make it mainstream and accessible to dads, who I think, um, in in particular, really do want to figure out how to do this better, how to be better role models for their for their families, for their children, for their sons, for their daughters, for gender nonconforming kids. Um, I mean, whatever the whatever uh, all the people in there in in the in the, in their lives and then i think the other side is not just that i'm writing that for fathers but it, it's pretty clear one thing that i don't think many people have dealt with um at least not in in as, as explicitly uh or directly as i think i did is 
is that 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 fatherhood's at the at the at the root of patriarchy, right? Like it, it literally means governed by the father, and mm-hmm. and and we've sort of avoided really taking apart fatherhood, um, and 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 so I wanted to take all of those brilliant feminist tools by people who came before me and go, how can I apply them to the experience of being a father? Mm-hmm. And what what is so. Uh, uh, paradigm shifting is that you've taken all of those pieces, some of which I was familiar with and some of which I'm not, and I'm sure different people have different parts of, of all the pieces that you've brought into your book, and you wove them into such a tight fabric of, of understanding so that it really does sit firmly and create real firm understanding, which, which is why I have so much respect for the book. I want to come back to something that you said in the beginning of, of that last a bit of explanation that you just gave us about the, what were the words that you used where men are uncomfortable that, did you say insecure or what did you say where they're not? Um, I I don't know. I think I said insecure. Um, I said, yeah, have inferiority complexes. What (laughs) I see in the men that I keep coming back to, and I apologize, but I'm kind of stuck there because those are, I see them in my life a little too close is that, that's what I have seen underneath. And I never, it was just something that I intuited. But now you've given words to that experience, which is why I feel this book is so important for women, because then we can just, we don't have to resist what the men are, we can give them more understanding. And in that, who knows how that will inform our responses to them, because we won't think that they're big, bad, horrible men entirely that 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 mechanism of not knowing how to navigate this new period of human evolution really uh, that's that's what I got out of the book one of the many things I got out of the book so I just really wanted to say that because I think you know I think I have a lot of women in this audience and so I really want them to feel that this book is going to be very helpful for them well, th- well, th- that's great. I mean, one you, you reminded me of one of the lines I wrote, which I wrote in the book, which I really love is I think there's a point where I say something like, you know, men mansplain where they can, yeah. because in most of their lives, they can't, right? And, and, and it's almost like they feel yeah. so subjugated in their professional lives and in their, and in their, um, and in their, uh, you know, brotherhoods or whatever we call that. And, um, and, and so what they do is in those few places where they do have power, they become this sort of, you know, let, let me puff out my chest and prove it because I feel like I don't so many other times that all that being, I mean, that, that, that I, 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 I want to add one other point to, to yeah. just what you said, which is just one thing that was really hard about the book. And, you know, um, I'm glad you said that it feels very, very tight woven because, um, you know, I think I wrote five times as much that <laughs> to, sure. get, to get, to yeah. get, to get it to this. Um, sure. and, 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 and I, and, and, you know, you never know whether you cut the right things or kept the right things right. or, uh, and you're sort of waiting to see whether or not it works right. from, from the readers. But one thing that was always really hard was that while I am certainly talking about what I think is a difficult experience for many men and for many fathers and for many dads, I mean, a lot of father figure is about what's so hard for dads. I definitely do not want to be creating the narrative that dads are victims, right? Like, yeah. like, we're, like we're, we are without a doubt the, 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 the sort of powerful oppressor, you know, that doesn't mean we're always oppressing, but we have the, we have the position in society that makes it possible for us to be the powerful oppressor and there's certainly a ton of systemic things that are oppressive and we benefit from them um um, so i I definitely don't want to be like oh this is a book for 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 dads who are victims that's certainly not what i'm saying and i don't think you were saying that i just want to make sure that that's that 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 that's clear um and that was a hard thing when writing to sort of walk that line before between how to be sympathetic and empathetic to dads and their 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 context while also you know not going and i and i feel bad for them (laughs) yeah well and and what i loved throughout were the way you just completely exposed your own trip-ups and foibles and you know complete (laughs) screw-ups i mean but that was so important for the the book to ring true continually ring true because yeah we make 
we mess up all the time as parents and you're the the scenarios that you shared with us just were like oh yeah I've been there and, and I so much appreciated that do you want to share any with us now well you know I think I think what I tried to do is I is told tried to tell a lot of the stories um where that that or the moments in my fathering life that where the days ended with me going wow I really didn't handle that the right way mm. um and and you know a lot of them are are I think um going to be very familiar stories to people right there's stories about getting too angry at my children or not being uh, responsive to them or, or 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 leaning into my own sense of authority um and then there's also stories about my own my own poor poor behavior as a husband um um in in, in when i was during my first marriage and it's um yeah i i really did want to i i wanted to share that because i think um I don't know. I think you're right. It's just like, how do you, how do you, I, I guess like, yeah, I, I didn't want to be walking into a book like this and going, Hey, look, I want to be self-congratulatory about, <laughs> right. about what a great feminist I am. Right. Like right. that was not the point of the book um, um, in any way. And I think, you know, uh, yeah, even on the last page of the book, I think I'm, I'm, I'm still talking about um, mistakes and, and experiences of insecurity and places where I think I'm doing where where I'm not meeting where the standards that I have set for myself. Um, um, and, and I guess that's really the goal of the book. You know, yes. one of the hard things about a book like this is you don't want to, you know, part of what goes with patriarchy is the uh, intellectual elite man, which I obviously am, right? The intellectually <laughs> elite man, like like always having to be or always being able to define certain talking points, or always being able to shift shift people's thinking, or always being able to um, establish certain narratives. And what I wanted to do, you know, so it was always hard while writing this to go, how do I not tell other people how they should make sense of their lives? And so I, I, I because that would be pretty patriarchal of me if I were doing that. And hypocritical, really, of your whole thesis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I, I was always trying to go, you know, these are tools that allow you to interrogate your own everyday behaviors that allow you to, 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 to arrive at your own sense of meaningful analysis of your experience. These are, you know, there, there's no like clear 12 step program here or anything. Um, there, there, there's, um, but, it, but I do think it's a pretty practical book in, um, in that many of the men that have been, that have read the early copies. I mean, it's very, very few people have read it at this point, but those who, who have, um, you know, many of them have said to me, you know, you've just like, like th this really just changed the way I deal with, with simple everyday interactions. Like I just think about them in a different way. And, yeah. uh, and in that way, it's really powerful. And I certainly don't give you any like sound biteable way to do that in the book, but, but I, but I try to transform the way you um, experience your world as a, as a, as a father. You don't give sound biteable ways to do it. On the other hand, I'm quoting you. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you do give a very clear, very, very clear, which I have been trying to draw out of people for a long time about how and the, the importance of and how to create a better environment of listening and evoking other people's reality and perspective and point of view. And I think that you did a masterful job of that. And I, it's, it's so important. And you know, if, if, if a person gets nothing else besides but that out of the book, then it's pure gold, but they will get a lot more. But your, your genuine commitment to really listening and allowing and and being open or trying to be open to other people's realities and understanding the importance of that for really healthy family dynamics is i, I bow down to you jordan <laughs> thank thank you i mean yeah it's a very important thing i mean i can't take the credit for that i mean 
Um, I, I guess I can take the credit for writing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Writing it clearly and <laughs> but, communicating but, it. Yes. But learning to do it, I, I you know, that's 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 a hundred percent my university students at Temple University. Uh, you know, that's that's years and years in the classroom, mm-hmm. um, and 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 learning how to how how to listen to students, learning how to see students, you know, when my early years teaching while I was figuring it out, like the only thing I would say to myself is by the end of the semester, you really need to be able to love every person in this classroom, especially the one that annoys you the most. Um, and, wow. and that was really what I would do. And I would walk into the, 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 the classroom. And what that takes is really being able to find the truth that's underneath their insecurity and their defense mechanisms and you know all those sort of armchair psychology things we all talk about all the time but being able to really listen through all all that and so you know uh, many of the things I do in father figure I mean especially in the later chapters I do connect a lot of family to 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 classroom and uh, you know I I guess I've always in my whole career as a parenting slash education writer Mm -hmm. been sort of curious why more people don't put these two things together right they're both sort of about mentoring guiding sherpaing child rearing (laughs) right all those things together and they take the same thing, which is, you know, on the one hand, we want to instill very clear values that we have as parents or teachers, uh, and we want to put and those kids values. need that for sure. And kids need that, right? But on the other hand, we want to also allow them a, a, a freedom and individuality. And how do you meet in 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 the middle? And I think. Um, I think a lot, you know, you, you hear a lot of parents, there's sort of the ongoing in both parenting and teaching, the ongoing debate is, you know, is, is it our job to shape them or to allow them to blossom? And, and the truth is, it's not that simple a dichotomy. It's somewhere in between both. And, and, and that takes real listening because even to shape, you really need to be listening to the, Mm -hmm. to the authentic being that's underneath to understand Mm -hmm. which parts need a chisel here and a chisel there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, you know, we've all been in, in a relationship with or in a moment with or something where some, one person does all the talking and it's exhausting to be on the other end of that because there's something that's lacking where it's a give and take, a give and take, and then something grows because of that give and receive and give and receive from both sides. Otherwise, if it's just all one-sided, then it's just one-sided and it... <laughs> And, yes. <laughs> and so but to the word that comes to me is respect you know if we can if we can nurture you know build that within ourselves that we have the capacity to respect whoever we're engaging with and so as a father to be able to respect the kids in our charge our students in our charge you know respect I mean I, can't remember if I saw that word so much in written in your book, but it certainly came to mind a lot. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm I'm listening to the word, I'm thinking about the word, and the sort of, um, um, uh, the, you know, I, I'm I'm hearing the word "spect," which has to do with with seeing, um, and um, uh, you know, the root mm. is like the same mm. root in in like spectacle, oh, um, uh, and also a kind of opening, um, mm. like speculum. Um, and, uh, and, and re of course means again or back. Uh, so, so as you're saying that I'm going, yeah, I think a lot of it is, you know, I put a lot, a whole chapter about what it means to parent in responsive ways, but, Mm -hmm. but I think what comes from respect is a willing, you know, what we mean when we say respect literally is it is to look back, right. To look back and to look back, uh, maybe to look back and forth and, and, and to be able to, 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 to see the person on the other side. So, so yeah, I mean, that's absolutely what so much of this book is about. And, and, Mm. you know, at the heart of so much of what I call in the book, uh, narcissistic patriarchal authority is this notion, you know, it's, it's sort of the reason, I mean, it's a mouthful and it it sounds really, really really jargony, but, but 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 I mean it really, really, you know, literally, right? Narcissus is, is where we get the word narcissistic, and the myth of narcissus is the myth of the the boy who could only look at his own reflection, and 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 that's what we have is we have these this sort of patriarchal men who only see themselves, only hear themselves, and have forgotten that there's another 
person there, right? Is that, yeah. is that, you know, whether that person is a child or a spouse or a partner or a coworker or, what, or, or, or whatever, there, you know, one of the key points of this book is, is learning to understand that everyone is going through a, 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 a narrative. You know, the way I put it in the book is, you know, we all think we're the hero of our own story, but that means we must be the villain in somebody else's um, and we must be the mentor in somebody else's. And that's hard for people to, 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 to sit with, you know, I guarantee everyone here, your, your, your children do not see you uh, as the hero of their story. <laughs> They're the hero of their own. And yet we often walk through our lives, uh, seeing them as, um, um, you know, uh, imagining them as supplemental character, only as supplemental characters in our own journey. Uh, and you gotta, and that's true. I'm not saying don't do that. Right. Like I'm a, I, I'm a full person and certainly their role in my story is to be my children. And they're just a part of my life, but I have to be able to simultaneously acknowledge that my role in their story is just to be this father figure who's sometimes a villain and sometimes a mentor and sometimes, you know, an idol they look up to. And oftentimes just the annoying boomer, even though I'm not a boomer, but they call me that. <laughs> Details. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it was like, I love big words and I love your language, but I was wondering when if people aren't as nerdy as I am, and sorry, Jordan, as you are, then <laughs> I'm pretty sure I call myself a nerd yeah. on like the first page. So that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I love the language because it is so precise. And you do define your words really, really, really well. Even the the words that are in the culture now that I wasn't ever hundred percent clear on. So I really applaud you for that. And I'm so grateful to you for that because otherwise I was going to have to stop reading and go look up something, you know, but no, you define your terms so beautifully and thank you. But just if you had to, and I don't know why I want to ask you this, I, I guess it's just for people who aren't as nerdy as I am, <laughs> but this narcissistic patriarchal authority, if you had to use different words for that, you know, that was a little bit less, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? What would you be able to, would you, what would you come up with? Well, you know, I think I just sort of said it, which is the, you know, this yeah. notion, I mean, one, I, one of the things I do in, 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 in father figure is, is talk about this word authority. And, and, and before I, in that chapter where I talk yeah. about narcissistic patriarchal authority and explain that it is the same root as author, right? Yeah, it is the right. same root as, um, author as in writing, as in writing a narrative, authoring the story, authorizing things, right. Giving, mm -hmm. giving permission, the, you know, those all go together. And, 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 and so, uh, you know, put simply, what I mean by by narcissistic patriarchal authority is just believing that you're the center of the world, right? I mean, a, um, and 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 that you know we're all a little bit guilty of being selfish. The problem is that there's so many systems and structures um, in and and messages and tropes and stories in the media that make a men believe well I, it's not just men but uh, but let's start with men make mm -hmm. men believe that they are entitled to that to the to mm -hmm. the, that idea that 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 the that all the people around them should center their life around them and just to add that because i also don't want to make men feel like a villain right mm -hmm. because simultaneously the message is given to women is that you should be the supplemental character so many women are actually playing along with that script mm -hmm. uh, and allowing the men in their lives to be the to, to do that not only allowing it encouraging it right which Saying, is why i said this book is so important for women <laughs> yes excuse me for interrupting but that's no 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 please so, please please interrupt yeah. <laughs> so important for women to get conscious about that yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's amazing as i looked at this and and i went through quite a journey on on, on this book you know had to own up to things that i was not really prepared i mean i guess i was prepared to own up to them but did not expect to <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs> um and um and 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 that was i just started to see things like that all the time mm -hmm. um where we're all doing this together right this is absolutely mm -hmm. you know um 
you know, misogyny is a villain, patriarchy is a villain. Um, um, but 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 we are all complicit in 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 that. Um, um, uh, we all do things that are complicit in that. That is not just something men do. Um, um, that's something we all we all perpetuate and need to un- unravel to, mm-hmm. to together. Um, you know, I think there's there's a whole chapter about fathers and daughters that I know just from uh, 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 the, many of the people who read it already made a lot of daughters really uncomfortable because it was not the way they wanted to imagine their relationship with their fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and people who have read that uh, were very resistant to it. And I, and, and, you know, that's, I, I have, uh, I was resistant to a lot of things while I was writing the book. So I don't judge anyone for, for, for feeling that, but it, it, to me, it just speaks to the degree to which we all struggle to be conscious of the, of the, uh, the, 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 the systemic gender problems that we participate in. Absolutely. I mean, I was, I was really resisting when going through that chapter. And then I just thought about my dad who, who I adored, for sure. And then I just, there were some things I agreed with and there's others that I'm going to have to sit with for a while longer, but. Um, well, we should say for the listeners a bit about that chapter so that your reaction makes sense. And I'll tell yes. you, you know, the chapter begins with, with a story about my own mother and her father, um, which my mother, I, I don't know mm-hmm. how she felt about it. Um, um, I'll, I'll tell you, she didn't call and say, I love that chapter after she read it. That's, uh-huh. <laughs> but I might be making assumptions beyond uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. But it was about, um, you know, I start with just sort of an idea, a, a story about how her father would send her Valentine's candy every year. And, um, and, and the, 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 as a kid, this didn't really make sense to me, right? Valentine's is supposed to be about mm-hmm. eros and, and, and romantic love. And I was like, I don't get this. And as I did more research about these things, what I discovered is that in the, the 20th century, there was a real move in in psychoanalysis to frame uh, uh, female adolescence in relationship to an almost not almost to a psycho let's call it psychological erotic relationship between father and daughter right um, and that this is in this idea that that she's supposed to be the little princess that she, that we say things like you know look for a man who's just like your dad's your dad your dad treats you like he's your first boyfriend um um and all of that, I think when it's, I mean, I certainly found stories of places where that became really inappropriate and incestuous, even places where doctors said that was okay. Um, but they were, uh, obviously that's not what happened in most cases. And what happened in most cases was the same as my grandfather and my mother, which was a really good, well-intentioned man who was participating in a, in a cultural narrative with nothing but the purest of intentions and neither person understood that we were setting up something really weird and sort of incestuous and gives you this idea that adoration and sexual allure is traded between an authority figure in your life um um, and of course, nobody means that, right? That's why I right. want to say, like, I, I don't want to paint the dads as a villain because no dad is like, what do I give my daughter for Valentine's Day right. from a place of, I want to maintain the patriarchy and keep my daughter down, right? Nobody's right. doing, I mean, maybe someone is, but, but I doubt many people yeah. are. And, and, but, but still, this is a, a, a really problematic, weird structure. Why would, why would the 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 father be the like um you know prototypical boy boyfriend like that's an already an unequal relationship any parent child relationship mm-hmm. is is unequal so if that's mm-hmm. supposed to be the model that's really um inherently um uh, uh um a strange power hierarchy um there's ways to adore your children uh without also seeing that as a as a as a sort of as a prototypical romantic relationship <laughs> but even if the even if it isn't consciously set up that way i mean the girl is just programmed to think you know move forward in her life anyway with her choices based on that first man in her life 
right? Yeah, that, 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 that's right. And, and one of the things I talk about in the book is, is that this is probably one of the only places in the book where I defend Freud, because there's a whole plenty yeah. of stuff in the book where I rip him apart. Good. But one of the places Good. where I defend Freud is, is Freud never said that, right? Freud was like, that's over by the time you're, 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 I'm just, I don't remember exactly the age, but that's like an infant toddler experience, uh, um, at a, the, the, that Oedipal experience and sexual attraction between opposite sex parents, which is a problematic theory in its own right. But he didn't even, you know, that happened after he died where they're yeah. like, and then at least for women, maybe because women, you know, the psychoanalysts believe women were so infantile, they go through a second version of it. <sighs> they don't, no one thought boys went through a second version of it. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, that, that's the one chapter where I'm still having to, uh, you know, <laughs> unpack my own experience and see how it uh, uh, is reflected in what you wrote. I, I haven't fully, but anyway, fathers, I think what I really want to emphasis, emphasize if you, if you would on, I know you don't give, you know, uh, little bits of practical step-by-step, step, but still, still big picture. What are you shooting for with the, with writing this book? What, what are you shooting for? Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm shooting on the one hand for fathers to take more responsibility, um, or, and maybe even culpability for their participation in problematic power structures. Um, um, you know, that, that's sort of one side of it, but, but more importantly is that how do we model um, mat- you know, I, I want fathers to learn how to model maturity for their children in a way that is very inclusive, right? That's much more inclusive than what we have right now. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, it, it, and it, again, it's not that fathers don't want to be inclusive. It's not, they don't want, you know, I've had men say to me, well, what is a feminist dad? Why do I have to be a feminist dad if I just think people are equal to begin with? And and I'm like, well, of course you don't have to. I don't want you to name yourself anything. Like this is not about labels, (laughs) but the bottom line is that like, there's a lot of things we do that are just sending a message that's not consistent with a com- with the commitment to equality and inclusivity and diversity and acceptance that that I think most most people at this point um, would would want to would want to share um, and I think that's even true for people who I think are are in very different political places than I am I'm obviously a a, a, a liberal progressive um, but uh, but I but I think you know it's not like I've ever met. Uh, um, people on the other side of the partisan political divide who are like, I hate women, <laughs> right? Right. I think in many cases, the, a lot of this is based on, 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 on an inability to interrogate and recognize the, what, what your behaviors are doing. And that's what I wanted to, to open up. I think there's a lot of healing that can happen um, uh, through that process of, of, of self-interrogation for everyone. Cause I think, I think everyone wants, wants to create, um, a better, kinder, more, more, more accepting world. Um, more, okay. More maybe not everyone, maybe not everyone, but, right. but, but most right. of the people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> well, they recognize that they'll be happier if they're living more consciously instead of more knee jerky. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And I think, you know, even just to bring back the partisan politics for a second, if you just even listen to like what's said on the super partisan news, most of it is all about uh, um, how those people, whoever they are, depending on which side you are, the other side is not as inclusive as us. Right. Uh, (laughs) Everyone's after this level of inclusive kindness values. And and I'm and and I'm really just trying to give the tools and vocabulary that Mm -hmm. allows us all to get there together better. Mm -hmm. And I think the vocabulary is so important because if you don't have words for your experience, then it's just so mushy. And you can't hold it and you can't return to it because what is that about the power of words? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So much about, um, um, so much about what we do. I mean, I, in really, really early, um, 
in in my in my writing and speaking career i gave a, a, a tedx talk and where I, I was picking on all the people my whole life who were like um who were like head and heart they would talk about you know we need to, you need to attract this from your heart not your head and it always sort of drove me crazy also in my own psychotherapy when i would go to psychotherapy when my therapist would be like be like i need you to get more in touch with your feelings and this always confused me because my sense was, well, I'm in touch with my feelings. What you mean is, can I think them and articulate them into words well enough that I can figure out how to live better with them? Ah. Uh, <laughs> and so I think that's what you're getting at. Like yes. That's what we really mean. We don't yes. actually mean feel more. We mean learn how to think about your feelings better, right? right. Uh, when, so when you can become say, more conscious of them and recognize them and, and do something, respond. Go ahead. Sorry, but no, don't apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah a a absolutely. And when I have the words to understand my feelings, then I can start to solve them like a puzzle. Uh, okay. When I don't have the words, that's when they take control over me. And so that's, I think you're getting at when you talk about the vocabulary. And I think that's also what so much of father figure is about yes. is, as I said, you know, we have a lot of men who most of what they hear is, is I'm a, I'm a super villain. I'm a misogynist. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. Stop criticizing. And, and they're going, that's not how I feel. Uh, I feel like I'm trying. Um, and so I, I, I was trying to give language that allowed them to do a better job of, uh, of examining their own story and their own experiences and their own. And as you, and as you said, you know, I, 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 I certainly didn't write it with the perspective of, I, I, I hope this helps women understand uh, better where the fathers in their lives are coming from, but I'm really happy if it does that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it did me for sure. It gave me the words, as I said before, to have more empathy for the men that I see that are struggling without this knowledge because they are struggling and I see it and I get it more now because of your book. Yeah. I mean, so often when I would be in the classroom and teach feminist thought, um, I would have these young men who would say things like, well, I don't feel that way. So why do you have to complain about white men? And to try to explain this idea of, um, um, that, that of how you acknowledge privilege without feeling like a supervillain um, is, 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 is hard to, for a lot of people to, I mean, I don't actually think it's that hard to wrap your head around, but I do, again, I don't think many people have the language or the opportunities to reflect on that um, um, that they need. Um, because certainly I am, I don't, you know, I have, I have two boys there. They, they certainly present as, as white, whatever that means and, and male, you know, and uh, um, they, 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 they certainly haven't done anything to, um, to try to create entitlement and privilege, and yet they have it. So, so how do I teach them to, uh, to, to one acknowledge that? And then, of course, you can't even give it up, right? So it's not, it's not like you can say, well, now that I know it's there, I can. You don't, you can't give it up. All you can do is talk about leveraging it in more ethical um, and 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 more sensitive ways, because privilege is not something that an individual creates right it's it's something that that society uh, um 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 bestows on us um without you know through whatever kind of weird unconscious magical <laughs> way it happens and sometimes very intentional and designed yeah, inten way exactly <laughs> exactly i should say oftentimes very intentional and designed but yes. but, but but oftentimes you know not uh, you know uh, i guess it's hard because while it is intentional and designed the, you know we also have to acknowledge that there's no like secret cabal in a in an underground yeah. bunker being like how do we keep the men in charge <laughs> right or the whites in charge or the, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. um so one other question that was kind of quietly in the background of my mind that i wanted to be sure and try to get clarity from you was in your interactions with your kids as their father you want to not lock them or your interactions with them into any pre preformed boxes yeah and so but what does that in your mind leave you with um all possibilities but i mean you were going you know you don't want to have a pink room for a girl and a blue room for a boy and you just at at some point though that's a boy and that's a girl and and they kind of, what 
I, I'm not quite clear on what you're see, how you're seeing that go forward, that all possibilities without pre-shaping. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a hard that's a hard question. I don't even know if I'm calling for that. I think that's a question for each family to make on their own and and each set of parents. I will say that for a long, long time, I really didn't understand um, or at least was wary of gender neutral parenting, which is which a lot of people do now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I didn't know, you know, it felt it felt strange to me. It felt. Uh, uh, there was a part of me that said, you know, you kind of have to go through it. And then, uh, then I did a little bit of reading about it. I read a bunch of things by a bunch of authors who talked about it. And it suddenly struck me that, that the idea of gender neutral parenting is not the idea of not making the kids feel like boys or girls mm-hmm. um, or, or, or to fit into a binary, but it's more this understanding that, that once kids um, are on one side of that binary or the other, they're moving through the world in a way that is full of baggage, right? Um, um, uh, and full of assumptions. And, and I think we all know this, right? Like uh, you've, we've all heard a million stories about, you know, my kids, I didn't, they, they had long hair when they were little and people often thought they were girls. And it was very obvious that people interacted with them in ways that had certain assumptions. They would say, oh, you're so pretty. They would talk about how gentle they were. But if they thought they were boys, they would talk about that, talk to them in very different ways. And so one of the points is like you, you, the, the, those things track us into problematic narratives, right? It's not necessarily that it's problematic to be one or the other, (laughs) right? Like, yeah, it's perfectly fine. You want to be, be that, like, I'm certainly not looking for, well, I mean, I I don't know if I'm looking for a genderless world. I'm certainly not calling for it, but I don't, I don't know. I might like it. I might not. I don't know. We're a long way from that. So I haven't even really reflected on, Uh, (laughs) but, but I certainly don't want want a world where um, assumptions about gender limit people's possibilities Mm -hmm. for how they imagine themselves for what they think they're capable of aspiring to for what they think they're capable to um to create um or be in 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 the world and that's what many of these things do and we have countless uh examples of people who can tell you uh stories about uh, about how uh, things that they had been taught about gender shaped how they imagined themselves in ways that were that took them, you know, 30, 40, 50, in some cases, 60, 70, 80 years to to to, to unpack in order to find a sense of of, of, of happiness and contentment. And and, uh, you know, I, I just I just don't want that. Um, you know, some of that's still going to be there. To I mean, I don't mean that. I mean, some of the some of those gender expectations are always going to be there. I'm not, this book is not about telling people how to get rid of those gender expectations. It's about telling, it's about helping people acknowledge them and to think about how they, uh, how they interact in a world that is more empowering to more people um, 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 in consideration of, of, of those things so that we can move to something that's better, whatever that is. Oh, Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because like the girl can be the astronaut and the boy can be the chef. And the so it's just not that limiting thing that I for sure, who am of a grandmother age, is, is more programmed to think along those lines. I mean, I, I don't. I've worked very hard to become more conscious, you know, but. Yeah, but, well, I mean, the, these professional examples are great. Um, but then even in other in other ways, like, you know, um, are, but um, the, we often think being assertive is a is a is uh, a masculine trait right uh, well uh, what, uh, think about what that means one it's not right so the right. book goes through this pretty clearly the, there's no science to back that up there right. and every time people try to pr- say their science it's been disproven debunked a million million times there's no such thing as like you know male brain female brain right there that's just not uh that's been that that, that scientifically wow. whatever invalidated a million times wow. um but um, 
But nevertheless, we start to learn these expectations about how we're supposed to think about things like sex, right? How we're supposed to think about things like interpersonal relationships, what we're supposed to want from our partners. And so what happens if, let's say you're a, a, a woman who's, who, who just happens to be born with a constitution that's, that's more assertive and, uh, you know, more dominant, whatever, whatever that means too. That's a problematic one, but I'll just leave it there for now. Yeah. Right. But then you go through the world thinking there's something wrong with me, right? Because oh, I don't fit gosh. into the messaging that everyone else oh. is telling me is natural. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're bringing tears to my eyes now. Because, yeah, I had that kind of a personality, you know, and it's just like, oh, yeah, pull myself back, pull myself back. So, oh, my gosh, this is so important. There are so many ahas in your book. Oh, so I'm many. glad. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I read it quite quickly because I knew we were going to have this conversation, but I think it's a book to read over over many days, even weeks to really, really digest it. It's there are levels and levels of profundity and and really relevant for our times as human beings on this planet where where humanity as a whole keeps evolving and we need books like yours that bring the research and the intuition and the lived experience and the honesty and the humility to help us all grow forward together i nothing but respect for you jordan well, well, thank you, and I and I hope all the all, all the other readers feel the feel the same way. You know, it's it's a, it's always hard to um, to 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 put in, put ideas um, out there um, and uh, never knowing how people are going to react. So, so I'm, I really, 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 really appreciate your your compliments. <laughs> people will be challenged, and if they don't want to be challenged, then they maybe they shouldn't read the book. Maybe they should just stay where they are and, and be happy with that. You know, yeah. Well, that's you know, challenging's fine with me. I've always I love it. Kind of iconoclast. I love it. Because you in, know, in, I think that's that how I'm prepared you, for. Huh? <laughs> I said, I said, I'm prepared for people feeling challenged. <laughs> yes, yes, very good. Well, um, I just wish all kinds of challenges to everybody, and to just be able to to know that your intentions are so big and so full of heart and a wise mind. And um, thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a great conversation. I'm excited to, be, to have been able to, to, to talk about these things. Yeah. Your kids are so lucky. And Oh, they don't think so. Yeah, they will. We know they will. I promise they will. Give my love to Amanda. I will. I will. Okay. Thank you, right. Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do you see why I thought this conversation around Jordan's new book would be beneficial for all of us in our big picture thinking about kids' social-emotional learning and life skills development? Do you see how good it would be for all of us if today's men would move further and further away from, out of, unconscious inherited reactions and patterned roles into the kinds of interactions and relationships with their children, with their students, with their partners, and with themselves that Jordan was describing about. Jordan's book isn't yet available, but it will go on sale May 11th. And there's a link in the show's notes where you can go to be notified by his publisher when you can get your copy, hardcover, ebook, or downloadable audiobook which I'm actually quite interested in. I think this is the kind of material I'm going to have to uh, get and listen to and read several times to really move into real understanding and ownership of this uh, much wisdom. If this episode sparked some thoughts and questions for you, share them with me. I would love to continue this conversation with you. Um, you know, my email is easy enough to find in the show's notes, as is a lot of other information. So I hope you'll check out uh, those links at, after you live, finish listening to this show. All right. All my best. Thank you for being here.
Talk to you soon, I hope.